Welcome into the Degenerate Gambler, your sports gambling podcast. I'm Robert Ash, the host of the Degenerate Gambler. This podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Today we got four games in college basketball and two bowl games uh, to uh, to bet for this uh, Wednesday, the uh, 30th of December. We're going to do the basketball in the first segment. We'll do the football in segment number two. We'll start things off. In the uh, first segment with uh, a college basketball matchup out of the Big East, it'll be the Seton Hall Pirates traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Xavier Musketeers. Xavier comes in as a uh, three-point favorite in this one. The uh, Musketeers just one loss on the season. Coming into uh, today's matchup, they're eight and one on the season, one and one in conference play. Xavier has some uh, good wins so far this season, uh, including wins over uh, Cincinnati on the road, also a home win over Oklahoma, and a home win over Marquette. Their lone loss was a five point setback at Creighton uh, last Wednesday. Now Seton Hall comes into this matchup. <clears throat> Do the Pirates? They come in uh, with a record of six and four in the season. They are three and one in the Big East Conference. Uh, Seton Hall, on the other hand, um, has uh, not really beat anyone of note. They did meet Penn State by six in overtime. Uh, St. John's by nine. They did win at Marquette by seven, uh, but they have suffered losses uh, to Rhode Island, Louisville. Oregon and to Providence. Xavier, a three-point favorite coming in uh, to this matchup. The Musketeers are six and three against the spread this season. Seton Hall seven and three against the spread. Uh, this game is basically a toss-up. Uh, we're going to go with the home team. We'll go with the Musketeers of Xavier at home as a three-point favorite against the Seton Hall Pirates. All right. Next up, we will go to the Big Ten. And uh, the matchup featuring the Indiana Hoosiers. They're taking on the uh, Penn State Nittany Lions. Indiana hosting Penn State. Indiana 5-4 and four on the season. 0-2 in conference play. Penn State 3-3 three and three on the season. Also 0-2 in conference play. Uh, Assembly Hall is where this game's taking place. The Hoosiers have lost two straight. Uh, losing to Northwestern at home and at Illinois. Uh, they do own a win over... Uh, Butler this season, as well as Providence, they have suffered two point loss, uh, two point loss to Florida State on the road, and also a huge loss uh, at home against Texas. I should say in Maui slash Asheville against the uh, Texas Longhorns. Now Penn State comes in three and three on the year. Again, they're 0 2 in conference play. Penn State's lost two in a row, including at Michigan and at home against Illinois. Uh, they do own a big win at number 15, Virginia Tech, by 20 back on December 8th. That is the uh, game that stands out uh, for the uh, Nittany Lions. Uh, Penn State this season, uh, led by. Uh, Isaiah Brockington, he's averaging 15.2 points per game, four 
uh, Nittany Lions in double figures uh, so far this season. While Indiana is led by an All-American and uh, Trace Jackson Davis, he's leading the way uh, for the Hoosiers. Uh, averaging 20 points, 8.6 rebounds, and 2.1 blocks per game. He is definitely playing at an All-American uh, uh, pace right now. Uh, two players only averaging, only two players averaging double figures now for the Hoosiers. I think the key to this game for Indiana is Rob Finnessy. He's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start this season after having a uh, big season a year ago. He's averaging just 6.7 points and two assists per game. Uh, he's the X factor in this one. Uh, he's bound to break out at some point. Indiana is a five and a half point favorite at home. Uh, I feel like Indiana is better than they have played so far this season. I'm not sure Penn State is, especially with all the uh, uh, offseason uh, problems they've had, including losing their coach, Pat Chambers, who was forced to resign. I think when you factor all that in, I tend to believe that um, this sets up for Indiana to, to cover. So we got Indiana minus 5.5 at home against Penn State. All right, we got a top 12 matchup next out of the – by the way, uh, against the spread this season, I forgot to mention that, for Indiana and uh, Penn State. Indiana is 6-3 and three against the spread. Penn State is 3-3 three and three against the numbers so far this season. Uh, all the more reason we're sticking with Indiana minus 5.5 at home against Penn State. Next up is an SEC battle as undefeated 12th-ranked Missouri – Takes on undefeated, 7th-ranked Tennessee. Both teams are 6-0 on the season. Uh, Missouri hosting this game at uh, Mizzou Arena in Columbia. Uh, Missouri has picked up wins over the likes of number 21, Oregon, and number 6, Illinois. Those are the two big wins so far this season for the Missouri Tigers. The Oregon game was at a neutral site while the Illinois game was in uh, Columbia. While uh, Tennessee... This season has picked up six wins as well. Uh, they've really only beaten one team of note, and that was Colorado to start the season. They beat them uh, 56-47. Uh, they also do own a win over Cincinnati, 65-56. Other than that, they've beaten Appalachian State, Tennessee Tech, St. Joseph's, and South Carolina Upstate. So not a lot of meat on the uh, Tennessee bone, not, not compared to Missouri so far uh, this season. But Tennessee is the preseason pick to win the SEC, and they really haven't uh, given us a reason not to believe that that will still be the case. Uh, four players in double figures uh, for the uh, Volunteers, led by Victor Bailey, averaging 13.2 points uh, per contest so far. John Fulkerson, the All-SEC forward, 11.8 uh, points, 6.3 rebounds per game so far this season. Uh, the sophomore Josiah Jordan James, 10 points, 6.5 rebounds per contest, also 1.5 steals per game. Uh, they have uh, quite a bit of talent on that Tennessee uh, uh, Tennessee squad. Uh, while that, uh, while the Tennessee talent is uh, uh, is plenty some, Missouri is a pretty talented team as well. Uh, they have uh, three players in double figures, including Xavier Pinson, who's averaging 14.3 points, 3.7 assists per game. Uh, Mark Smith, 13.8 points per game, shooting 44% from three. Uh, Drew Smith, 13.2 points per game. Uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas native Mitchell Smith, uh, playing pretty well as well, averaging 5.3 points, 5.7 rebounds, and one block per game. 
Uh, Jeremiah Tillman uh, coming back from an injury last season that left him um, hardly playing at all last season. He's averaging 8.2 points and 7.8 rebounds per game uh, coming into this one. Now, Tennessee is 5-1 against the spread. Missouri is 4-2 against the number this season. Uh, Tennessee is a a 3.5-point favorite on the road against Missouri. We're going to go with Missouri and give up the three and a half points. I think Missouri wins this game straight up. Going to sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. Uh, I think Missouri's not necessarily the better team, but uh, if this game was in Knoxville, we'd have to lean Tennessee. I think Missouri has shown in two huge games. Sorry about that. They've shown in two big games this season against Oregon and Illinois. That they're up to the challenge. <coughs> Sorry about that. <coughs> and Tennessee's definitely a challenge. And I think Missouri will be okay in it. I do like the Tigers. Mine are plus three and a half. At home. Against Tennessee. <coughs> Sorry, I suddenly got a frog in my throat. Now I think, I think we're okay now. Alright, the final one. Uh, will be uh, Florida getting back into action for the first time since uh, the um, incident involving Keontae Johnson in the Florida State game nearly a month ago, earlier in December. They're 3-1 on the season, taking on 4-2 and two Vanderbilt. Uh, Florida does uh, own the one loss on the season to Florida State, a game in which they look to be in control of early before the uh, incident happened with Keontae Johnson. Uh, Florida does own a victory over Boston College, who who uh, also uh, played Villanova pretty tough this season. They've beaten Army and Stetson as well in their four wins, or excuse me, three wins. And Vanderbilt sitting at four and two on the season. The Commodores haven't really beaten a whole lot of uh, quality teams so far this season. Vanderbilt. Uh, Owns uh, wins over Alcorn State, Radford, Mississippi Valley State, and Valparaiso. Uh, they've lost their two toughest opponents so far. That was to Richmond and at Davidson. Florida comes into this game as a six-point favorite. I'm a little concerned because Florida hasn't played in uh, so long. I mean, the last time Florida was on the court, of course, uh, was December 12th when the whole incident happened with Keontae Johnson. Johnson's led the team in scoring in two of the first four games of the season. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. I'm interested interested to see how Florida responds to this. Um, when you look at their them statistically through their first four games of the season, uh, Keontae Johnson led the team with 16 points per game, uh, but sophomore guard Trey Mann has really stepped up his game. He's averaging 15.8 points. Uh, 4.8 assists per game from the point guard position. Scotty Lewis, another five-star that came in last year as a, now a sophomore, 12.8 points, 5.3 rebounds per game. Noah Locke shooting a 47% from three, averaging 10.5 points per game. Uh, matter of fact, Trey Mann shooting 47% from three, and Scotty Lewis 62.5% from three-point range right now. So uh, those guys have really stepped up. They're going to have to step it up another notch. Uh, without the services of Johnson for the remainder of the season. Uh, Vanderbilt led by a familiar name, that being Scotty Pippen Jr. Uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. is averaging 23 points, 4.3 assists, 1.7 steals per game. He's one of two Commodores in double figures. Uh, Dylan Disu is the other one at 11 points and 9 rebounds uh, per contest. 
Uh, Florida is a six-point favorite in this one. So far this season, Florida 2-2 two and two against the spread. Vanderbilt 2-3-1. and one. We're going to go with Florida and give up the six points, and it's because Vanderbilt's not very good. Uh, Vanderbilt's probably the worst team in the SEC or the next to last uh, worst team in the SEC. Uh, it is uh, going to be a tough game for Florida because they haven't played since December 12th. The game is in Nashville at Memorial Gym. That's always a tough place to play because of where the baselines are and uh, uh, the uh, and basically you play it on a stage uh, at Memorial Gym. So it's always a tough place to play. Uh, but I'm not convinced Vanderbilt's very good. Uh, I think Florida's fortunate that get Vanderbilt as their first game back uh, playing since December 12th. I'm interested to see how they handle uh, not having Keontae Johnson. Uh, I think they'll be okay in this one. Uh, I'm more concerned of how they will go from uh, this point forward without Keontae. Uh, we'll see if guys like Trey Mann continue to step up, Scotty Lewis, uh, Noah Locke, uh, Omar Payne. Uh, they've got guys, they've got talent on this team. They've got guys that can step up and replace Keontae Johnson. But the question is, will they be able to do that? And that's something that will begin to get answered tomorrow, or excuse me, tonight. Uh, but I do think because it's Vanderbilt, I think Florida covers this game. We'll take Florida minus six at Vanderbilt. Take a quick break, come back, and we'll do the two uh, college bowl games uh, set for uh, today, we'll do that in just a moment. This is The Degenerate Gambler. Welcome back into The Degenerate Gambler, your sports gambling podcast. As we move on now into the two college bowl games taking place today. Uh, first game taking place uh, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. The Dukes Mayo Bowl featuring 4-4 four and four Wake Forest against 3-3 three and three Wisconsin. Uh, Wake Forest led... Uh, through the air by Sam Hartman's 1,906 yards, 10 touchdowns. Uh, Christian Beal Smith also uh, on the ground for the Demon Deacon, 650 yards and four scores. While Jacril Robertson is the uh, leading receiver for Wake Forest, 54 receptions uh, for 795 yards and five touchdowns on the season. Now on the uh, Wisconsin side. Uh, for the uh, for the Badgers, they're led uh, by quarterback Grand Mertz. Grand Mertz has thrown for 1,108 yards, eight touchdowns, five interceptions on the year. Jalen Berger, the leading rusher for Wisconsin, 267 yards rushing and one touchdown. Uh, right behind him is Gary Grosek at 259 yards rushing and a score as well. Top receiver is Jake Ferguson, 29 catches, 284 yards and four scores. Uh, for the tight end for the Badgers. Now, as we look at some of the uh, trends, Wake Forest is four and one in their last five against the spread. Five and one in their last six against the spread. Uh, conversely, uh, Wisconsin one and four in their last five against the spread. Two and five in their last seven games against the number. Wisconsin comes in as a nine and a half point favorite in this one, and we're going to take the Wake Forest Demon Deacons in the nine and a half points. I may sprinkle a little bit on the money line on Wake Forest. I think Wake Forest is the better team. I think Wisconsin's been exposed. Uh, Wake's going to score some points. Uh, I'm not sure Wisconsin's going to score a lot. I'm not really convinced that Wisconsin's offense is very good. Uh, you know, we outside of the Illinois game to start the season, Wisconsin hasn't really done anything on the offensive side. 
this season. When you look at their uh, six games they've played, you take out the 49, uh, 45 points uh, against Illinois and the 49 against Michigan in their first two games. They've scored 7, 6, 7, and 20 in their last four games. Uh, I think Wake Forest covers this game. If you want to sprinkle a little on the money line, uh, I think that would be a pretty good pick as well. I may sprinkle a little on the money line myself. Uh, it'll pay off at plus 236 if you, uh, excuse me, plus 290 if uh, you uh, spread it on the money line. So we may do that as well. I really like waking this one to at least cover uh, the nine and a half points. And uh, lastly, the next game is the Cotton Bowl taking place in Dallas. It is the Florida Gators and the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, Florida comes in now as a four-point underdog. They were a three-point favorite. Then a number of opt-outs took place. Uh, their top three wide receivers all opted out uh, for Florida, uh, being uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, Trayvon Grimes, and Kadarius Toney. Their number four receiver, uh, Jacob Copeland, uh, has COVID, and he will he's not making a trip as well. Uh, Kyle Trask still the quarterback for Florida in this one. Uh, the Heisman finalist has thrown for 4,000 yards this season, 43 touchdowns against five interceptions. Going against an Oklahoma team under uh, Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma can put points on the board in a hurry as well. Uh, going against a Florida defense that, you know, quite frankly, uh, isn't very good. And uh, fully expect that they will be able to uh, put points on the board in a hurry uh, themselves. Um, trying to bring up the stats real quick on that uh, for uh, Spencer Rattler and uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, I lost my place here. Uh, let's see. Kyle Trask has thrown for 4,125 yards and 43 touchdowns on the season. All right, Oklahoma led by uh, Spencer Rattler at quarterback. Rattler's thrown for 2,784 yards uh, with 23 touchdowns, eight interceptions on the year. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, the leading rusher for the Sooners, 479 yards and six scores. TJ Pledger right behind him at 451 yards and five scores. Marvin Mims. And Theo Weiss, the top receivers for Oklahoma, both have 36 receptions on the season. Mims has got uh, 36 for 583 yards and eight touchdowns. Weiss, 36 for 494 yards and three scores as well. Uh, as we take a look here at the statistics as it pertains to, uh, to Florida, uh, we talked about Kyle Trask. He's... Uh, the uh, heart and soul of this Florida team, and he's going to be playing in this one. Uh, I do wonder how much he's going to play. Will Florida use this as an opportunity to kind of get ready for next season, which I think is a possibility in this one, uh, that with so much missing off their offense that they may go with Emory Jones quite a bit. Uh, again, they're missing their top four receivers. The top receiver – uh, playing uh, will be Justin Shorter. He had 23 catches, 246 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, other than that, uh, two running backs are up there in receptions. Malik Davis with 29. Uh, Naquan Wright with 17. Uh, so when you look at that, 
and the fact that uh, they're going to be in a situation now with Florida uh, where the top four receivers are gone. Uh, they, you may see more Emory Jones than Kyle Trask in this one. Jones, by the way, 10 of 16, 135 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, throwing the ball in the season. He also has 22 carries, 157 yards and a score uh, on the ground. Uh, Florida being a four-point underdog, I'm going to sprinkle money on Florida because I am a Florida fan, but the bet's probably Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's probably the safe bet, uh, giving up the four points. That that spread has swung a, t- a whole seven points in about 36 hours, uh, and I can I can understand why it it has swung that way. I'm probably going to hedge my bets. In other words, I'm going to bet Oklahoma for the podcast, uh, but I'm also going to bet Florida for myself and just kind of hedge my bets there because you know I, I don't like betting against Florida uh, as a Gator fan and. Uh, you know, the possibility is there that Florida still wins this game and still covers the spread. But if we're being smart, and that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast, making smart bets, uh, using because we're spending real money with this, the smart money goes to Oklahoma. Uh, so you, you do what you feel like you want to do when it comes to any of these bets. I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm probably sprinkling money on both Oklahoma and Florida. Probably going to put more on Oklahoma than I will on Florida. Uh, but... I want to be able to have the. I, I want to be able to bet on Florida, basically, and that's what it boils down to. And uh, but I think, again, I think the smart money is Oklahoma at minus. Uh, is it four or four and a half? I think it just jumped up another half a point. Let me make sure it's four and a half. So it's uh, Oklahoma minus four and a half uh, against Florida. So our bets again, and uh, we'll start with college basketball. Xavier minus three at home against Seton Hall. Indiana minus five and a half at home against Penn State. Florida minus six at Vanderbilt. Missouri plus three and a half at home against Tennessee. And in our bowl games, we're taking Wake Forest plus nine and a half in the Dukes Mayo Bowl against Wisconsin. And we're taking Oklahoma officially at minus four and a half in the Cotton Bowl against Florida. But like I said, I'm going to sprinkle some money on Florida as well. Uh, but the official bet for the podcast is Oklahoma minus four and a half against Florida. With that, we'll end the podcast for di- for today. We do thank you for listening. Make sure you remember to rate and subscribe to the podcast. You can do so at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. And we'll be back on Thursday uh, with more. This is The Degenerate Gambler.